Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us, and we're the hosts of The Mom Hour. On this show, we're joined by a team of unique mom voices from across the country and in different stages of motherhood to bring you tips, ideas, and encouragement, and to help you feel a little less alone. We all know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share honest truths and remind each other that it's all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. So it's really funny how this happened. We're talking about spring today and spring in our homes and spring in our five senses and a little bit about bringing spring inside and decorating for spring. What's funny is we just did a two-part series on getting ready for summer, which I just think is funny. So last week and the week before or earlier this week and last week, we were talking about summer and now it's like we're backpedaling a little bit. But in real life, in at least where I live, Spring has sprung after a very wet and cold winter. And I know as a Midwesterner, you're probably just eager for all these popping out flowers. So do you feel springy today? Well, here's the funny thing. I'm actually recording this um, in northern Michigan. So like in the UP. So there's probably a 10 degree difference between where I am right now and where I was yesterday when I left southern Michigan. And so like in southern Michigan, it felt almost like that day where you walk out wearing a coat and you're like, why do I have a coat on? It feels weird. Very rainy and um, daffodils are starting to pop up up here. I feel like that's still two weeks off. So I'm a little bit traveled. uh, Yes. It's like I time traveled and I'm a little bit all over the place, but I will say the sun is out everywhere I've been in the last few days. And that feels really nice. And I am ready. And I have a feeling that by the time I get home to Southern Michigan in a few days, it's going to look like spring went and just went crazy. Right. Exploded. Which is going to be really fun to drive into. Yes, it will. And I actually think, um, our, our two part series, the do this now, enjoy summer later then leading right into this. It is, I think that was more of an accident, but it is kind of nice because in those episodes, we were really talking about family life and like setting yourself up for a fun and a little bit less stressful summer as like a mom with kids at home and that kind of thing. Today, we're more leaning into our experience as just human beings in the spring. Um, I live in California, you live in Michigan, and you spend time in the UP. So we have very different um, weather systems around us, but Mm -hmm. we love talking about the seasons. And today's not really about the kids at all. It's about us and how we experience it and bringing it into our home. So I'm excited. Me too. Um, real quick, we would love if you went and did our listener survey. I've seen a couple hundred come through and it makes me very excited for um, the next few weeks of looking at the results from our listener survey. It really helps us out. Thank you for those who've jumped on it and already done it. And to those who haven't yet, head to the momhour.com slash survey and we really appreciate it. So you'll hear me, you'll hear me beating this drum for a bit and just thank you for checking that out, themomhour.com slash survey. Okay, Megan, this is a little warm up. Um, and I got this idea from our do this now, enjoy summer later. We talked about this uh, last week in the Tuesday episode, 
but I would like you to look at your phone's camera roll or your Google photos um, from April 2022, last April. So we'll all wait for you. Ready? Okay, Pull it up. I'm looking right. I'm looking right now and I'm I'm cracking up because I'm not sure that, these, that my answer is going to be what you were anticipating. But um, well, that's OK. Surprises yeah. <laughs> are OK. I did. I mean, I know that you got chickens last spring and you had lived in yeah. your house just a few months. And you are our, yeah. our, the reason I'm doing this is our climates are so different. But we've both been in our homes for at least over a year. And I think yeah. it's really interesting. Spring being a time of a lot of change outside in nature and us being midlife ladies in our 40s. I was just so curious if you were over there on your little homestead taking pictures of crocuses coming up and like chickens laying eggs and things like that. So what, what can you tell me about the experience of looking at your April, 2022 camera roll? Well, I'm skipping right past spring break. Cause that was in California. Okay. So, like that would not have been accurate. Seasonally accurate. Okay. It's like, it's baby chickens. At this point they were like bigger babies, but still babies. Um, gosh, when did we, Maybe they were just really little babies. Like I, like there's a cardboard box. Okay. With so baby chicks. chicks. Okay. So baby chickens. That's very springy. I mean, let's be honest. That's very springy. Okay. So here's where the plot thickens. On April 11th, I have a photo of daffodils in a vase. Okay. Oh, good. So there we go. That's April 11th. That's like early. You know, that's early. Then there's you and me. I think we got together in Texas. Dallas. Yeah. So again, again, not seasonally accurate. But okay, then there's a whole spread of where Eric and I went to one of those places that has like those little sh like pre-built sheds. Um, yes, I remember this. I totally remember you doing this. So some of them we were looking at to be potential chicken coops, but then we kind of fell into like they have all these greenhouse ones now and they're gorgeous. And I took pictures of a whole bunch of like pre-built um, greenhouses. Yep. So you could tell where I was going. Yeah. I have a whole bunch of magazine covers. Spring oh. magazine covers, then April 18th, snow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like snow on the gazebo, snow on Eric's <laughs> pond. So that didn't put me very much in the mood I was hoping for, Sarah. No. Then it's more chickens, more chickens, more, just a lot more chickens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I there you go. It. It's like snow. the story. It is, well, I don't want to tell your story. It feels like the story of a Midwestern. Spring. It's very hopeful and very aspirational. Yes. Is there anything else you're drawing exactly. from it? Uh, just that probably there's going to be more snow in my future and I shouldn't get too comfortable. Now, if you skip forward to May, it's like Eric and I sitting outside at a winery Aww. and it's beautiful. Yeah. And um, more flowers and faces, lots and lots of flowers in early May. So yeah. That also shows you that like an April snow can be a little jarring, but yeah. it usually melts really fast. It's the last, it's like winter's last hurrah. And then after that, the weather gets gorgeous. And here's, yeah. I think us hunting for morels. I mean, yeah. So it's oh, coming here's a for you. Manicure. Oh, nice. Yep. Yeah. Here was my first time I did. Um, I did a Sunday morning tea out in the gazebo. I have pictures of that. So that. yeah, things are about to like, things are springy. Yeah. But they're not there quite yet, but they will be very soon. Right. It's like you can get in the mood. Um, right. But it, it may not. You also have to be patient with the rollout. Um, so exactly. I did the same, of course. I looked back at my April 2022. I saw our Dallas pictures where we went, you know, there together. Yep. Something I noticed is I did a lot of um, small potted plant transfers. And I totally plan to do that again this month. Um, so like I do a lot of succulents and little hearty little plants and I move them all around my house or sometimes to the back or front porch, indoor, outdoor. Um, I'm not the big gardener. Brian's the one who's into like the vegetable gardening and stuff, but I like house plants. And what's funny is this year I have cats last spring. I still did not have cats and cats and house plants are proving to be a different kind of challenge. But I, I found, um, in late April, some pictures of like, I kind of took all the succulents and I like snipped them and I re you know, you can just stick them in a new thing of dirt and they'll take root. So yeah. you can like reorganize your succ succulents, which is what I appeared to be doing. Um, our roses come into bloom depending on how much warmth and sun it can really depend. But um, so I have lots of pictures of roses and then just the flowers that are around kind of on the roadsides when I go on my walks, a lot of flower pictures, both last year and already this year. So 
Um, even though California is a subtler season shift, we do have them. And I know we have a lot of California listeners. I do not need to tell you all how wet and cold for us, uh, which is still cold because, you know, when you don't have the right clothes and your kids are used right. to eating lunch on the grass outside, like it all, it's all relative. So um, it has been quite a winter. And I do believe that the series of atmospheric rivers are over. I heard someone say that we might have one more. But I really feel like we are going to feel the Californians will feel spring more deeply this year. And so, yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah, there really is something to that big, a bigger shift um, that it just you see it, when it comes, it's so needed and yep. you just feel it intensely. Yep. Now, you mentioned repotting succulents. Are those indoor succulents? Do you have them inside? I have some inside and some on the porch. I have a lot in little tiny pots like on my back steps on our brick patio. Okay. Um, but I do sometimes bring them in and put them on the piano or on a shelf and then I'll put them outside again. Um, these are like the kinds you buy at Trader Joe's for like $3. Right. Um, yeah. And then I'm wondering really, I'm really wondering about your cats. Honestly, that's why I was asking Right. <laughs> if the um, cats nibble them. They, they killed Clara's. She had them in her bedroom. and They seem to like other plants better than the succulents. So, um, but I do have more succulents outside and they don't really spend time outside. So right. yeah, TBD, they're capable of wrecking any plant. Anything they want. But it doesn't <laughs> seem like the succulents are the draw. Gotcha. Okay. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah, and for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle, whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code MOMHOUR50 at factormeals.com slash MOMHOUR50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately, the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather. But please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown Loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Bionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. All right. So spring being such a sensory experience, Megan, I thought it would be fun if we go through the five senses and just mention what spring feels like where we live or inside our homes or right outside our homes on our properties. Um, so let's start with the sense of smell. When you think of spring, and this could be, you may have experienced it already this year, or this just could be your sense memory of spring. So yeah. sense of smell and spring, what do you think of as a Michigander? Um, mud. I think oh. that spring smells like mud <laughs> in Michigan. Um, there is definitely a season where like the overarching scent is like earth, wet earth mm -hmm. with sun touching it. 
Um, this year we have, you know, chickens and there's a very distinct smell that I've picked up on, on warmer days, the few warm days that we've had where it's like chicken poop and mud. So we're hoping to put some, something, we got to grow something in their coop to okay. help absorb some of that. Cause it's not pleasant. Okay. Um, so in Michigan, you know, the, the headier smells like the, the headier fragrant florals don't mm-hmm. really happen in early spring. Uh, lilacs are probably the first one where I feel like you're really smelling them all the time, but that's like May, you know, we don't really get those. Um, and it's a very short season. And then I would say like those other blooms that are really just very fragrant where they need like a lot of hot sun to kind of get them to that space. You know what I mean? And then the, 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 the scent picks up in the air, like that's June and later, which is still spring, but to me that feels a little more summer. So I would just say like in general, sort of grassy earth, mud. So I have like two and a half follow-up questions. Um, do you, because of the association of what's coming, like, does it make you happy? Is it a happy smell or is it like, cause oh, mud, mud is not I like, love, no, I okay, love, you love it. Mud. Okay. I okay. think mud smells great. Like I think the smell of earth, maybe not the chicken poop as much, but the smell of earth to me feels like it's happening. Okay. I would go outside and just like mainline it. Like just, I'd bottle it. If I okay. Could. That's amazing. I am realizing as you're talking that even though I was seven years, I think in the Midwest in Chicago, um, I was mostly a city dweller. Like Evanston is a small city college campus and then city of Chicago. So I really didn't, I don't associate that even though I would have gone through those Midwest Springs. I just think there was not enough dirt. Like I was just, I was a city person. So I think this is totally foreign to me. Um, well, I'm glad it's a good smell. Um, yeah. It definitely, it just, it's, it's so distinct from what you're not smelling in the winter, which is frozen. So no smell that suddenly it's like the earth has a, has a smell like there's a scent coming up off of it. And it's great. There is a passage from Charlotte's web. I love all of the sense descriptions in Charlotte's web, but there is one that I think it's about spring, not fall. I'm almost positive. It's about spring and that it talks about smells. And now I want to go read it after we stop recording because I love it. Um, okay. So very different here. Um, what the scent or the sense memory of smell that I feel like I associate with spring in Santa Barbara is opening up the windows, which is not in itself a smell. It's, it's a different, it's an experience, but I love to light a scented candle with the windows open. There's something Mm. to me that feels like a combination of fresh air coming through the house and then adding whatever scented candle, I mean, a floral or I'm not too picky, but in the winter, when I light a scented candle and the windows and doors are all closed, it's like we're staying in the same air and I love open windows and doors. I love, love, love it. Um, but I also don't like to be hot. So we all know that I'm closing my windows and doors as soon as it's too hot. So there's like a a window of time in the spring where windows and doors open and then to light a scented candle. I just feel like it's so much better with fresh air crossing through. And I can get really funny about like cross breeze, like, Ooh, I'm going to open this window and this window (laughs) and put a candle in this room. And it, it almost, it's like cleaning the air almost. I love it. Have you noticed that? I mean, and it's not mud, but there is a smell of earth that Mm -hmm. gets in the air. And I've noticed this time of year, it gets, maybe for me, it would be more like in May and June, but it gets in my hair. Like at the end of the day, Ooh. if I go in after having been outside, my hair smells like outdoor air in a way that's very difficult to, I can't really put words to what it is. Okay. Cause it's not, I don't smell exactly that outside, but when I come in, I'm like, Ooh, my hair smells like outdoors. I, I think my sense of smell has never been my very strongest, but I think it's getting more sensitive as I get older. Cause Brian and I used to joke that we both have kind of bad senses of smell but I actually think this is a sense that I'm paying more attention to as I get older. That said, I find it very hard to smell the place where you live. Just like when you're a kid, you you don't think your house has a smell because it's your house right. and you go to your friend's houses and you're like, oh, well, that's her house smell. Um, I, when I didn't live in Santa Barbara for all those 22 years and I would come home, Santa Barbara had a smell. It's Jasmine. It's the ocean. I mean, it's a be- it smells beautiful. Hawaii has a smell. I was, I was so excited when you were going to Hawaii for the first time. Cause yeah. I was like, it truly smells like smell something you would Hawaii. purchase. Mm-hmm. Like when I walked off the plane in Hawaii, I was like, Oh, it smells like body spray. Yeah. Like, but like, but not cloying like a body spray, but like, I see now why people bottle this scent. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Hawaii, <laughs> Hawaii is uh, not messing around with its scent, but every place 
does. I just don't, when I'm in it, I don't notice it. So my fresh air here in Santa Barbara smells, I'm sure like a lot of things in spring. And if someone came to visit, it would be floral and it would be green and lots of grasses and um, a little bit of ocean. I'm probably two and a half miles from the ocean, but um, yeah. So anyway, the fresh well, air. Well, they call is, that nose neutral. blindness, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Anyway, oh, that's this was a lovely entry into scent. So let's do taste. And I'm going to offer a taste I associate with the warming up of the weather, even though maybe it's not super springy. And that is iced coffee. So I make coffee at home. I always have hot coffee in the morning, no matter the weather, no matter where I am, always hot. But in the afternoon, I like a cup of coffee in the afternoon and I I only make iced coffee at home if the weather's really warm. So our first, when we come into the 70s, mid 70s, and the afternoons are the warmest time uh, of the day here in most places, um, and we will brew a batch of cold brew. So we'll make cold brew um, with like a few days worth and keep it in the fridge. And um, there's when you make the cold brew, it like has a really good pungent coffee smell that's different than when I brew hot coffee. So even the process of doing the grounds and the cold brew, it's like kind of sweet because they don't burn. It's a very different coffee smell and I love it. It's, it smells like sweet coffee to me or something. And then I keep it in the fridge and I have it over ice and just that whole sensory experience. But the, you know, ending with the taste, cause I drink it obviously, um, is very much associated with, it is now warm enough or iced coffee. So oh, I love that. Well, I um, drink tea year round, but I will say this time of year, I start to gravitate towards like lighter herbal teas. So in the winter, I really love very flavorful herbal teas, like um, ginger and turmeric and things that are kind of heavy and heady. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now I'm drinking like peppermint tea. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of addictive or like really light florals, even the um, even the black teas that I'm still drinking, I'm kind of gravitating towards the ones that have floor, like flower petals in them. They smell good. They look springy and they just, it's a lighter roast. It's like a, not a roast cause it's not roasted, but it's like a lighter cup the way like a lighter coffee roast would yeah. be, you know, mm-hmm. it's literally looks lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also kind of been experimenting with white teas, which I've really haven't gotten into. They're, they're the most delicate. So if you're talking about a true tea, they all come from the same plant and the white tea is the one that's the least processed. Okay. So they're a little harder to find. Like I don't, they don't see them on every, you know, cafe menu or whatever. And they are delicate. Like when you brew them, it's kind of easy to almost, I don't like scorch them almost like where they don't taste as good. Um, and they don't have quite as much. They're just not as packed with flavor or caffeine, but this is a good time of year to experiment. And I have been, and I'm enjoying that. And then for some reason, lemon, and I know, I don't think this is like a seasonal thing. I don't live where there's lemon anyway. And I don't believe that lemon is a spring plant, you know, in a tropical place, but it feels kind of Eastery. I feel like Mm. this time of year is when let's pretend you were a Midwestern lady at a a church bazaar, Uh you know, at the church bake sale that, you know, lemon bars, um, lemon curd. It's, yellow and springy and tart. And it just feels springy to me, even though it probably has nothing to do with spring. Yeah, I could see that. Um, there's a lot of lemon in design, right? Like if you put a tablecloth or an apron on with lemons, it's just, it's got a look. I actually have like a cute blouse from stitch fix with lemons printed on it. That is like, I would not wear that in November. I just wouldn't. And I'm, I'm not fussy about that kind of thing, but it would feel weird. So I agree. I'll, I'll give you lemons in spring. Um, Remember I told you about, this is tea related, but remember I told you I had an herbal tea when I was out one time that I actually liked and that I just, I, I rarely really love an herbal tea. I just kind of like them. Okay. But it was rose something. It was rose. Yeah. Anyway, um, I, I made but it. Did just, you, did you send me a link? I can't remember yeah. if you ever figured out what it was. Yeah. yeah. And it's a, um, okay, we'll have to link it up because you knew of which it was that India brand and it was a type oh, of yeah. tea that you were like, oh yes, I know of this. Um, but it, it was a really good rose actually, like you can smell the rose in the fragrance. So I made it just yesterday and it would be great for spring and I will link it up. Um, but I kind of oversteeped it and I noticed that when I steeped it too long, then I felt like I was drinking soap because rose, just like lavender and rose. And a lot of those are used in soaps and stuff too. And I don't want to, I don't want my tea to taste like soap. So I think I, 
need to pay more attention to how long I steep it. Because the first time I first few times I had it, I loved it. Well, and I I honestly now I can't remember what kind of tea it was. Um, some herbal teas can really stand up to being just basically brewed forever. Right. <laughs> like or steep forever. It doesn't really matter. And others are much more sensitive. So it was a Tulsi. That was the word that Tulsi. you knew. So it's organic yes. India Tulsi tea, sweet rose. Um so that's an herb, Tulsi? Yes. Okay. Um, and then the, the rose is the, the whatever, the, the flavoring. Um, but it was really good. Just don't over, <laughs> don't overbrew it if you don't want liquid soap. My, my spring tip. Okay. Well, how about the sounds of spring for you? I knew what you were going to say. Well, birds. Yeah. You, you were like, you're going to say birds. But here's the thing. In Michigan, in the winter, birds are there. They're present but they're nearly silent. And it's kind of weird, honestly. Um, Not all the time. Like there are days you hear them outside, but like you don't hear birds chattering and kicking up a fuss at the Mm -hmm. feeder when it's sub-zero. You just see them at the feeder. It's it's strange um, to see them, but not really hear them very much. Yeah. Yeah, Well, and I don't exactly know why. Maybe it's, I don't really know why they sing more in the spring yeah. there I know some of it's to do with mating but then that you would think would go away when the mating season's over they definitely aren't freaking out vocally quite as much in the middle of the summer but they're still there's still like bird song consistently and then it just kind of muffles it's like it's it just yeah it gets very muffled yeah. so um so yeah birds making their little birdly selves known mm-hmm. and then the sound of melting the sound of melting and dripping um depending on how much snow there's been and how like how extended that melting stage is um, right now, there is no snow on the ground in lower Michigan. So unless we get another snow, it won't really happen. Mm -hmm. But sometimes there will be a couple of weeks where all you'll hear is like the dripping of ice cubes, Mm -hmm. the, the, the running of the, you know, of water down the gutters in the street. It's, and it can be quite pervasive actually. Interesting. We were just up yeah. in the mountains where they're still, they're going to be melting till July up there. But um, I was reminded of the sounds of melting. And then they, all, we also got new snow while we were there. But yeah, melting is, that is a sound. Um, I think our bird, this is where like my California experience just feels a little different. It feels like we have birds year round. And I know that there are still songbirds and seasonal things. I just don't know enough to notice a huge difference in birds, um, in the spring. I'm sure it's there. Um, something that I associate is a lot of landscape machinery sounds, lawnmowers, lawnmowers. Again, there's a lot here that goes year round, but it does seem like there is an uptick in landscape maintenance and, um, maybe installing new gardens and landscape. And I, my allergies flare up, um, especially with cut grass. And so when I hear like when I hear lawnmowers or edge trimmers, especially the edge trimmers, like really kick up the lawnmowers now, like suck up the clipping so quickly that I don't think it's like it was when I was a kid. But those edge trimmers, I walked by someone with one the other day and I was like, oh, gosh, I have to go to the other side of the street because I'll I'll have an allergy attack. So that's a that's a sound of spring for me. Well, what about the feel of spring? I know for me, the first thing that came up is the warm sun specifically on my back because I don't like to look into the sun and I don't like the sun on my face um, quite as much. So I will take my lunch outside. I work from home um, and I will purposely sit with my back to the sun. And I did it yesterday as we record this um, and it felt so good. Um, I we do we can get winter sun and we can get warm weeks in the winter, but we really did. We had none this year. So it has been yeah. months actually, since I've been able to do that. Um, and I particularly love it in spring because my house stays relatively cool. And so it's still very cool inside. And so the contrast of going out and sitting in the sun makes me feel like a cat or something. And I, I will eat <laughs> my lunch outside. I mean, as much as like a lot in the next few months. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting to me because. Um, in April, especially, and sometimes into May, it will look a lot warmer outside than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Like it, the sun is lower, you know, it's just, yes, there's more of it. <laughs> um, and it, 
you can feel it on your face when you go outside, but I wouldn't at this point of the year probably go sit outside without a jacket on. Like yeah. it just, I probably wouldn't sit outside at all. I might be, I'll be working in the yard moving, right. but I wouldn't just hang out out there. But in the house, when the sun starts streaming in the windows, the house heats up a lot. Mm -hmm. So the house feels like you feel like it's warmer than it actually is outside yeah, because the house mean. is so warm and the heat rises upstairs. And like if I sit in my sunroom, it actually can feel kind of hot mm -hmm. at times um, when it's not, which is kind of interesting. Um, I also put hopeful, which is not exactly a sense of feeling, but it is a feeling. Yeah. I just feel like um, March can be a real drag mm -hmm. and the weather can be really crappy and all over the place. And it's just it's March is the point where I love winter but I'm kind of over it by the end of March yeah. and April is just so needed. Even if there is another little snowstorm, it's like, we all know we've made it to spring. Um, yeah. So it's a very hopeful feeling. Yeah. I like that. Um, okay. Well, last one is your sense of sight. So what are you seeing right now or what do you know you will see and what sites do you associate with spring? So again, daffodils, tulips, buds on all the trees, mud, um, everything feels alive. There's a different quality of the light mm. in the air and the, the sunsets are really cool looking. They're often very cloudy and streaky. Um, but there's also like on a, on a fall day, sometimes you look at the sky on a fall day and it's like the sky is this brilliant dark blue with like the changing leaves of the trees contrasted mm -hmm. against it. It's like a very moody, dark. Yeah. Saturated. So in the spring, it's yeah. almost, yeah, very saturated. In the spring, it's almost like you took that and like bumped it up three days. Like, like you put it through the filter uh -huh. and bumped up the brightness a few notches yeah. because it's like you can, the green on the tree starts to look like that very springy green yeah. and the sky is really blue, but not like a dark moody blue. It's yeah. like a bright, it's just very different. Um, and sometimes I can't really put words to that. Obviously, I'm having a hard time now, but no, I look I, at it and I'm like, it. oh, yeah, that's a spring sky. That's love a spring it. sky. And that's what I feel like is we're, we're there now for sure. I love that. How about you? Um, well, I noticed little lizards the other day running around. I wonder where the lizards went wow. this winter because it was <laughs> like so dark and rainy and cold. But I I read sometime that our lizards, the blue-bellied California. It's a, just a lizard that is everywhere in this um, part of the world, but they have their babies in March and you will start, you will see really, really tiny little lizards, which is really fun. And they do sometimes come in your house, which depending on like how grossed out you are for me, I don't like to be surprised by a lizard, but I do think it's kind of funny when they get in the house. And now that I have cats, I secretly hope that they get to do a little hunting. So oh, I have been be seeing lizards and they just scurry past and they don't bother anybody. They're not, they don't. What is their lifespan? Like, um, good question. Probably a few months, maybe. I don't know. So Yeah. So maybe they didn't go any, well, yeah, I guess they would have had to go someplace to be able to lay. Right. Baby eggs. Yeah. We'll, we'll look into this for everyone. Yes. I think we're, neither one of us is, is well versed no. enough in how these we lizards do okay. have these other <laughs> alligator lizards that get bigger and I don't like them their tails they're so they get really big and that's more of a summer thing and their tails get really long and their it looks like a snake honestly they look they look like a snake with little legs and I don't like those and I'm not a big fan of snakes but little lizards running around is a sight that I don't mind and when you're a kid in this part of California you might try and catch one and hold it it's just a very like it's a very spring thing um we Can also I just interrupt you really mm -hmm. quick did yeah. you say the blue belly lizard I think so it's a Five common seven one seven years oh Sorry, guys. Well, that's okay, but that's like a long time. Yeah. You could have one in your house and like it it would just stay there. Yeah. For five to seven years if it could hide from the cats. Yeah. That's true. It'd be like a big, a big long standoff. The seven years <laughs> yeah. war between my cats and a lizard. Um, well, they love the sun, obviously. So just like I'm sunning myself at lunch, they're out on the rocks and on the trees. And um, so that's a sight of spring. We do get baby quail. We have a lot of California quail. There's two kinds of quail we have. And um, we do get babies where you'll see a whole little line of quail. I haven't seen them yet. I feel like it's a little later in the spring, um, but that is very exciting. It just, you have to look harder in California because we don't yeah. have crocuses and daffodils coming up from the earth. So right. you, you do have to look harder. 
Um, we have fruit trees in our yard, so they do bud like in a more traditional springy way. And it's so pretty right now. And then this year, cats laying in patches of sunlight on my wood floors is very springy because they didn't. My house, the way it's shaped and the trees around, I don't have like your sunroom sounds way warmer than my house. My house doesn't get a lot of direct sunlight, but there are a couple patches that the cats find. And, um, that happens in the fall too, but it just feels springy right now. I'm just picturing you like sunning yourself, like a lizard on a rock, but also like a cat. Yeah. A patch of of light. Um, so I I didn't mention turkeys because we have wild turkeys right now. They're very abundant. And I do feel like this is something that has changed in the past, like 10 years when I was younger, I do not remember there being as many wild turkeys and now they're just everywhere. But you will start to see the families of baby turkeys, Aww. you know, following yeah. their, their moms around. And um, sometimes baby deer, it kind of depends where you are, though. Mm. I don't you don't usually see them when they're teeny tiny, yes. although they do get left in people's backyards and stuff um, around here. The moms leave them in the yard and then go hunt or whatever. Right. Like I don't know. Like, will you babysit my baby hunt. for a quick minute? Yeah, yeah. they know they truly they truly do. They yeah. leave them in the yard and then come back later. Um, and when they get a little older, you will start to see the teenage baby deer, yeah. I guess, out following their moms around. So those are both common as well, but maybe a little later in the season. Yeah, it's a little early. And here, that's one one way where we would be similar to you because we have mule deer and they they have their babies, I think, in May. And so you don't see them until summer if, if, they, if you see them at all. So we're a ways out from that. We are welcoming back Ritual as a sponsor today. Megan, we both try to make healthy choices, but you know, sometimes it's tricky to sort through fact and fiction when it comes to supplements and vitamins to figure out just what they're doing for us. That's why I'm glad Ritual keeps studying their products and sharing the results, especially as it relates to women, since women are the focus of all Ritual's products, including the Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. And the results are super reassuring. Just as an example, Ritual conducted a university-led clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin, and it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin is made with high-quality and traceable key nutrients in clean, bioavailable forms with nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. Plus, they are leading the industry when it comes to sustainability. They use lower carbon packaging and prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients. That kind of thoughtfulness really matters to me. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash the mom hour. Start Ritual or add the Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash the mom hour for 25% off. Megan, our sponsor, Carnegie Hall Kids, is a free website for kids ages 5 to 12 to learn about music through fun games and quizzes. I'm really excited to tell everybody about their new Sites You Can Hear quiz. This is really cool. It's an online quiz you can do with your kids or they can do on their own, and it plays a piece of music, and then you guess what visual image or scene it sounds like. Our listeners may have heard the name Carnegie Hall because of their live performances, but they might not know about all the educational resources they also have for kids and families on their website. Carnegie Hall Kids ignites imagination in children, offering activities that both encourage musical curiosity and develop knowledge of musical concepts. And did we mention free? If you haven't yet, you're definitely going to want to check out Carnegie Hall Kids Interactive Musical Explorers Around the World Map. It teaches kids different musical traditions like Vietnamese folk, cumbia from Colombia, bluegrass and jazz from the U.S., and more. Start the musical journey early and go to kids.carnegiehall.org to check out fun, child-friendly games and quizzes. That's kids.carnegiehall.org. All right. Well, I really loved getting into the spring mood through the five senses. I'm curious, Megan, of the ones you mentioned that we talked about, how many of those requires you to like do something this spring versus just notice it? Well, I feel like spring is the time of year that you have to do the most really in Michigan because there's like plenty of time just to sit around and notice. But if you really want to like get yourself ready for summer, get your space ready, get your um, outdoor space, there's a lot of prep to do. Yeah. And those two things tend to go together. Not that I always do, but really, if you want to have a garden, this is the time of year to start doing it. If you want yeah. your garage to be usable, 
for the summer, you know, probably now you're going to pick a, a Saturday and open the door and get in there and clean it out. So there is much to be done. Um, but maybe the things I mentioned could also just be noticed without having to do a lot. But like even things like birds, I will have a better bird experience if I make the point, like make a point to put up the feeder and fill it yeah. and pick, make that part of my daily routine, which now it really is. And I used to kind of kick myself because I would have the feeder, but forget to put it up or I'd have a empty feeder and forget to buy bird seed. And now it's just part of my sort of midlife lady yes. <laughs> shopping routine to keep that thing stocked. There was definitely a time in my life where I did not have the time or the wherewithal or the hands. Like, how am I going to go outside and fill the bird feeder when I've got children hanging off of me? I just didn't do it. Right. So it's kind of like you get to choose, but I do think the more doing you do in like April and May, the more you're going to enjoy June, July, and August. Yeah. Yeah. I, at first I was going to say so much of my enjoyment of spring is around the noticing and the small noticing. Um, like I said, some of our signs are more subtle, but, um, I think that if you live in a planned community, more suburban or urban, like you really might have to get physically in a different location, whether it's to the park or to the hiking trails or go on a drive. And I am seeing that I'm seeing the benefits of that now. I took my kids on their first day of spring break a couple of weeks ago. I took them to our botanic gardens, even though I, I live in a more rural, rural adjacent area. And I have a lot of, there's lots of signs of spring on my property and on my daily walks, but, um, I wanted to go see the wildflowers and see what was happening at the botanic garden. So I think it also may obviously where you live geographically, but also whether you're more urban, suburban or rural, that might shift that noticing versus doing. But I do know, like, just like you said, the more I do, and we're going to get into talking about bringing spring inside our home as like a little mood booster. But the more you do, the more you get to enjoy. And I think that's probably true of every season, but it feels like spring changes so quickly and it's so relatively short that I do find myself being like, Ooh, let's go look at wildflowers or let's go, you know, see if there's eggs in this bird's nest. It's a, um, like a little bit of an excitement around all the noticing. It's lots of doing of noticing. Spring is a time of year that I, yeah, you're right. Because if I just sat in my sunroom, I could see a lot of spring just sitting at my table, sipping my, you know, my mint tea, looking out the window, I would be able to see the birds and the flowers and the things, everything popping off. And if I open a window, I can smell it. But if I walk outside, maybe put on some rubber boots and walk outside and walk around property. Now that I'm on property, I'm going to see so much more. Yeah. Um, so just making the point to do that, like we have whoever lived in, in the house. Well, I know who it was. The people who lived in the house before me. Do they listen really, to the podcast? Um, no, <laughs> no, they didn't. Uh, they don't, I don't think. But they did really thoughtful landscaping. So there's like a patch of trees behind my house that is always blooming. Something is always oh, coming cool. up. There's the lilacs, but there's also this other lilac-y kind of thing. Um, there's hollyhock. There's a couple other things. It's just constantly changing. And I can see it all from my back window. But if I go walk around it, like if I circumnavigate it, I see a different, like, I see a different flavor of it, I guess. I see it from a different, it's kind of like the sort of thing that it would be perfectly fine if all I ever saw, like I, if all I had time and, and wherewithal to do right now is look at it from one angle, that would be great. But now that I have the time to look at it from all angles, I do as much as I can. And spring is the time I am wandering around peeping, like peeping into things and poking around things because I just want to see what's happening. It's like exciting. Well, and that actually makes me think we're not talking at all about our kids and the kids that we have and the ages they are probably aren't thinking a lot about noticing spring. However, however, (laughs) (laughs) um, when you have really tiny kids, it's a great way to spend the time and notice things and you have earthworms and you have caterpillars and you have little buds and things happening, roly polies and, um, lifting up rocks and, and splashing in mud. And so spring is a great experiential time for little kids. And I think that can add to your appreciation of it as a mom too. So that's not, I would like to borrow someone's little kid (laughs) for like one spring day, Uh seriously, because I think spring is such a fun time to have little kids and no, my teenagers do not want to go flip over rocks with me. No, no more. 
Um, oh. I have a really sidebar story. This We're recording this before Easter weekend, and we are planning on going on a drive to brunch that will take us through the hills so we can see some of the wildflowers on the hills. And of course, all four grownups, my husband and my parents, we're all very excited about that. The kids don't care. Reed was invited on the day before Easter. So as we record this, like, you know, tomorrow, Easter Saturday to go with a friend. And the mom was like, we're going to drive up in the hills and look for wildflowers. And in my mind, I'm thinking a nearly 13 year old boy does not, is not going to want to do this twice in one weekend. Like one, once is going to be compulsory and he'll deal with it. But I was like, I think he, we will have a mutiny if he finds out that twice this weekend, he's driving an hour to see wildflowers. So no, they don't, they care not about the seeking spring at that age. Well, I'm a little jealous of all of the tulips and daffodils you keep mentioning and lilacs. So what do you actually bring these inside your home? Tell me about bringing Michigan spring inside and, and what, and, and when will this happen? Is this soon or do you have to wait a little bit? Well, as you remember, as you may remember from my photo dive, yeah. my 2022 photo dive, as soon as this coming week, I could have, I, in fact, when I pulled out of my driveway to head up north the other day, there were daffodils. I saw them with my own eyeballs. I probably won't start bringing them until there's more of them. Okay. But by the time I get home, I fully expect there to be blooms mm-hmm. to bring into my house. And there's so, the spring flowers are so pretty and they change so fast that I'm not bothering with anything else besides blooms. It's just blooms. Uh-huh. Um, whatever I can clip off a tree that's, you know, blooming and pretty. Um, we do have like a rose bush. I don't feel like that starts to bloom until later. Like yeah, that's they need, more of a they need sun. June, they, need, they like June warmth. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there are some flowers that I won't really see for a bit. I, we've got a lot of lilies like those. I don't think like day lilies. Those are later. I feel like what's going to be, it's going to be the, the ones I've already mentioned. And that's besides that and morel mushrooms, which I do go hunting for at least once and once a spring. Uh, but I will just eat those. <laughs> those don't like hang around. Those come in and go in my fridge. When you bring the blooms inside, what yeah. do you put them in? And are you like just sticking a few in one thing? Are you making an yeah. arrangement? Do you ever give it away? Where do you put it? Tell me more. Um, I've never given it away. I guess because everybody else has them too. I just assume yeah. everyone's got. I usually I have several milk glass bud vases. Okay. That. Um, I, I collect those. Like if I see, if I'm at like a thrift store and there's a milk glass vase, I buy it because What's a milk glass vase. that's like the white, the opaque white, okay. Okay. um, vase. And I don't actually know if all opaque glass white vases are technically milk glass. Um, okay. I, that, I mean, that might be only like what they were like the actual sort of vintage glass you would see at an antique store. Um, but they're, yeah, they're like opaque or like sometimes a little bit translucent. Okay. And the I ones I've it. ever seen have always been white, okay. white like milk. Um, yeah. But like, you know, sometimes there'll be like a little bump, they'll have like little bumps yes. on the uh-huh. outside. Yes. Or sometimes they'll have like a crisscross. I have multiples of those. And so I'll usually tuck two or three blooms because I like to have them everywhere. Yeah. So I'll have one on my dining room table. I'll have one in the kitchen. I might have one out in the living room. Um, and I have one or two bigger vases, but they don't, I don't feel like spring blooms work as well in those yeah, bigger I li- vases. I'm, like, I like yeah. petite flower arrangements Yeah, I too. just want, yeah. they're delicate and I just want to show off, like maybe I might have two contrasting ones. And then if it's a lilac, if I can get a long branch, they work yeah. in those, but sometimes you have to kind of tuck them down in so they don't just bend, like mm-hmm. break, you know, like the branch doesn't, or the twig doesn't just break. Um I've put those before, like in more shallow bowls. Those don't last very long anyway. So I kind of figure a lilac in the house is just there for like, yeah, it, it is. I, I have experimented more in the last couple of years with bringing in floral things. And it is like, I find myself thinking it's a little bit of a lesson because some of them are just better enjoyed on the tree yeah. or on the, I've tried yeah. bringing apple blossoms and orange blossoms in, and it's just not, the smell is there, um, but it's just not the same. With um, lilacs, I love them so very much that I, I will try to kind of, if, and I live now, I have lilac trees on my property. So I feel like now I can take some off the back and it won't wreck the view from the front, you uh-huh, know? Yeah. Um, but yes, agreed. Like when I wasn't really doing that, when I would have had to steal them off people's 
yards as I was yeah. walking past. Yeah. I typically didn't do that. Okay, maybe once in my life, twice in my life, I've stolen <laughs> lilacs. <laughs> I try not to. But um, um, yeah. Well, the tulips and daffodils, I, I'm like, it feels so exotic and different for me because that those are things not growing anywhere that I've seen. And I buy them at Trader Joe's. So I'm laughing because oh, wow. I bought Trader Joe's. Um, the daffodils come first and they're like 95 cents or something. They're like real. You can get them. And that's always like in early March. But Trader Joe's has beautiful tulips right now. They have ranunculas and then they'll have peonies. So some of us like West and Southwest and warm weather climate people, we are like, you know, buying the look of a Midwest spring. But yeah. I'm going somewhere with this because I'm about to tell you what I bring in from outside that most people cannot and do not and are buying at Trader Joe's. And that is avocados. <laughs> so, oh, well, now, yes. So I, I mean, it's an even trade, I yeah. think. Maybe not quite as decorative, but so tasty. So tasty. So I do it not for decoration, although what's funny about our avocado harvest and it's so insane this year. So I go out and I harvest at least two or three times a week. And I will be through the summer and we give away avocados. But the thing about where I live is so many people have avocado trees that like you got to find the right neighbors who actually need them because otherwise people already have them. Like it's it's a, we have a this is a problem of abundance where we live. So I have baskets of avocados like people have Easter baskets right now, just in like the corner of the foyer in case anybody comes by and then I give them avocados. So that's a kind of funny one. But I also bring roses inside. The roses just started blooming um, and I love to make a rose bouquet. And those do really well inside. Like the roses will, they'll, they'll look nice and smell nice for a week inside, unlike the more delicate um, blooms. And let's see, what else do I bring in from outside? Um, like I said, I tried with some, with some fruit tree blossoms, like peach tree blossoms and orange blossoms, and they just don't it's not quite the same. So I really enjoy trying to bring the outside in, um, but it it's hit or miss. And I think roses are probably my, the most successful and they look good on their bushes, but then they look great in a vase on the counter or on the table. And I will give, if we're going to someone's house, I will often through the spring and summer, pick roses and make a bouquet and bring it to somebody and also give them avocados. I know, I know that Brian is the gardener in your, yeah. in your household. Well, he's like the, you know, the vegetable gardener. Yeah. Do you, uh, for, two questions for you. One is kind of a side question. And is that is, do you have trillium? I don't know what that in is. California. They're like, um, they're little low leafy plants that have a three leafed flower. Okay. And in the ones I've seen around here are typically white. I think okay. they can also be red. They're very much, they're very much a Michigan thing, but you'll see them like in ravines or like, um, okay. I'm looking up Google images right like now, like a, like a riverbank. Yeah. I don't and think the reason, the reason I was thinking of them is because we bought a whole bunch of wildflower seeds. I'm actually going to, this is like a totally different episode, but I, I want to <laughs> seed clover in my yard. Ooh. There's so much yard and I do not want to mow it as much as we do for, for many, many reasons, yeah. ecological reasons and other reasons. Yeah. Um, and a clover yard is apparently a great way to like feed the environment, feed bees, but also not to have to mow very yeah. much. It's like a good ground yeah. cover. Um, but while, so Jacob and I, is, Jacob's kind of helping me with that. And we have like, we're going to do mushrooms in the chicken yard because oh, apparently cool. then they can eat the mushrooms and it's the chicken yard is very muddy. And so it's good for that. And anyway, we have this whole plan. And, and as we're looking at wildflowers that we can also kind of do around in the tree-ish areas, mm-hmm. I, Trillium popped into my head because they're so pretty, but I don't believe any currently grow on my property. I think they're endangered or not endangered, but oh. you know, like they're threatened. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I could plant them. Maybe I could. Maybe I don't know. I, so I looked it up. I was just and curious I, if you had them. I don't recognize it. Um, but that reminded me. There, it looks like there's red trillium too. Um. Another one I forgot to mention is lavender. There's a lot of lavender in Santa Barbara and the French lavender is the one we think of that smells really good. And people do have that in pots in their yard or, or just growing and you can get it at the farmer's market and it smells good and you can dry it. What we have in our yard is Spanish lavender, which is so purple. It gets so pretty in the spring, but it does not smell like French lavender and it doesn't dry or stay nice in a vase in the same way. So it's a little bit of a trade-off. The French is a much more muted color. So it's like 
it's pretty outside. Mine is royal purple. It's so pretty outside on its bushes, but it's I, I keep trying to bring it in and it's just keeps it's like, no, I want to be outside. So that's another, you know, it's funny about California one. It's funny because I know that there are lavender farms in Michigan, Okay, but I don't feel like you see it wild very much unless I'm just not unless maybe the the variety that would be outside is or that would be wild is different, like so different. Yeah. From the um, farmed variety that I don't know what I'm looking for. Very possible. Yeah. But I just don't feel like it's a thing. And I guess the reason I asked you started to lead into the question about gardening is, would you ever see yourself like wanting to reclaim any part of your yard as just like wildflowers? Or could you see yes. yourself, you know, One, seeding? I would love yes. to have a wild wildflower yard. Yes. And, and, or I guess I don't even really know like the difference between a wildflower like area. Well, uh, it's obvious a wildflower area versus like a flower garden, like a cultivated yeah garden. I would do both either. I really love flowers and yeah. Um, I, the vegetable gardening is so cool. And I'm like this year, this summer is going to be really fun, but it is very much Brian's thing. Um, yeah. and, and then he cooks and he's the eater. It all tracks. So for me, yes, I, I do have a hope to plant three new rose bushes in a different part of our patio. And that's different than wildflowers, but I could absolutely see myself and I wander around the fence line and I look at little blooms on things. So yes, a hundred percent. Well, I think that the, I, I mean, and I don't really, I haven't done this, but I think ideally if you had a wild, like a true, like wild flower garden going, it would be wild. So you don't really have to do much. Like right. once it's, you're not cultivating it right. quite the same way yeah. as like a, I don't know, an English garden or something. Right. Yeah. So, and I, yeah. I, I could, I could get on board with either. Well, that was really fun um, and colorful. What is, this is coming at it from the opposite. So what's something from the store, from ye old Target or the Trader Joe's or the man-made world that you love to buy or bring inside your home in the spring that makes your home feel springy? I mean, the most basic candles yeah. in like light florals, um, you know, like a honeysuckle or something mm -hmm. like that, or a light citrus scent. Um, I do a lot of citrusy scents in the, in the spring. Um, Floral tea towels, mm -hmm. things with like little springy, like pastels, things like that. I, I don't go super overboard with it, but there's always touches of it making its way in this yeah. time of year. Yeah. And I will be this summer or this weekend, I mean, going out uh, in search of a teacup in like some springy teacups because most mm -hmm. of mine right now that I'm using are very wintry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm in a real phase of not buying stuff. This year, it didn't start out as a like New Year's resolution or anything, but I did. I did an episode with um, Joanna Martin on our team about getting rid of stuff. And I talked about the purge we did in January with the junk people who came and hauled junk away. It left a real bad taste in my mouth about like me bringing in newly yeah. purchased stuff. So I am going to say to answer this question, that was the question I put in our outline, um, vintage or secondhand anything. It's always been something I've loved, but I am like tripling down on it this year. And so spring does feel like a time I want to spruce up my home, maybe change the way a table looks or remove like I, I'm already we have not very much Easter decor, but I'm already kind of over that. I want I kind of want clean slates, clean spaces. Um, but then it is nice to bring in something new. And I got some um, secondhand lamps last weekend from oh, the Facebook marketplace. We needed beds bedside table lamps. And then this woman was selling two different pairs of lamps and I liked them both. And I thought I'm going to get them both because the price was good. And I'm going to decide which ones look better on our bedside tables. And then some other area of my house will get the other two. Um, so I, something, it's not really springy, but I guess what I'm saying is I am redirecting the urge I have to spruce up my space and making sure that it's vintage or secondhand, just so that it just feels better to me right now. Yeah, no, I'm totally hearing you because I had a similar, similar experience where I was getting rid of things and was like, where I don't even remember how I got. Yeah, some you of were these doing things, your closet like where recently, they came right? from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I will also say that I very rarely purchase all new of this stuff, or even more than like maybe one thing to add, like one new candle, because a lot of it you could just reuse year to year. You know, yeah. I I use the same. I didn't mention tablecloths, but I'm using yeah. the same tablecloths I used last year. They're just a, they're just spring, you know? Yeah. So I put them away. They've been away now for six months. They feel new. Um, it feels like I'm busting out something brand new, but really they're not new at all. Um, yeah. I still have half burned candles from last spring that I just put in the seasonal 
pause it and pull back out. So you can, you can really make things last season to season. Even things that are consumables can usually last more than one season, especially if like me, you buy more than one candle. Yeah. So, I totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, but I do love the idea. I have actually been thinking about going to um, a couple of thrift stores and looking for vintage um, teacups because yeah. I really like real tea. You know, I drink out uh-huh. of my mugs and those are great for working, but I really also like to sit down and have a proper cup of tea yeah. out of a little teacup with a yeah. saucer and um, vintage and, and thrift stores and things like that are a great way to do that. Another thing that is from the man-made world, but that goes along with all this foraging and flower collecting we've been talking about is baskets. I have found myself getting a few and those you can easily find secondhand or at the thrift store, but having a bunch of baskets around, if you are going to be gardening or harvesting coming up, it's there, they look nice and they can be, you know, used for lots of different purposes. So, um, and you know, Easter, there's a lot of baskets at Easter time, so kind of springy. All right. Well, let's finish on. Let's let's get get work, get to work in the muddy garden. What's an unglamorous project or task that you do or plan to do every year that adds to your enjoyment of spring? Well, I'm going to add a. am going to say a couple that I have the best intentions to do. Let's just say that. And if they happen, they happen. <laughs> One is cleaning out the garage or the shed. I mean, every winter, my garage collects a whole menagerie of things. I don't even park in it because there's just like boxes and things as I'm cleaning out the house, they end up in the garage. And anyway, that getting cleaned out makes so that the bikes are easy to get at and things like that. And it just, or the gardening supplies are easier to get at. Mm -hmm. Um, So the garage and shed, both having those clean and organized, not much fun, but really makes um, the spring and summer and fall much more fun. Right. And then Cleaning the house, particularly like the windows, because all that sunlight kind of coming in really shows how dirty your windows are. And if there's dust and pet hair on the floor, you can't hide from it. Yep. So those two things. Are they the same for you? I would. (laughs) Those last ones, very much so. I um, have a window in front of my kitchen sink. And it's funny, the other weekend, when the rain finally ended and the sun came out, I sent the kids out to wipe the exterior of that window. Cause I thought most of the spots, I mean, it was so spotted, like, so it was so bad. And Reed was like very thorough with his window washing and it didn't get any better. So I realized it was all from the inside where the water, it's kind of like our, the backsplash. So I got up there on the counter and I was scrubbing and I was like, Oh my gosh, I can see. So yes, I sun coming through windows that haven't been cleaned is a big one for sure. Um, well, here's one I have never done, and I don't know that it has to be spring, but it just feels like it ought to be. I've never had the exterior of my house like power washed either myself or had it done. But our house is a creamy kind of a creamy off white, like a cream color. It's it's almost white. And um, there's like weirdly big like bird poop on parts of the siding. I don't know how birds poop sideways onto the house. And we have, we have big eaves too. So it's not, I don't, I don't really know how it gets there, but over a couple of years, I feel like it's, and, it, and when I go up to it with just like a, a sponge or a washcloth or something, it, it's not coming off. Like it needs to be power washed. And I don't know yeah. anything about that. Do you, can you tell me? Uh, I mean, I, I've power washed before, like Eric, of course has all the of equipment yeah. in, in, I know there's a difference in power in power washers. So like the really like the professional ones that can hurt you yeah, um, are sometimes not necessary for that kind of job. Well, and I almost wonder if it would be bad for the paint or the siding. Like, right. Yeah. Yes. It, Cause it can take paint off. That's why yeah. like painters use them to remove, um, to remove flaking paint and stuff like that. Chipping paint. So the kind like I would use on my house is siding to get off. Like, um, like we've got, I don't like it's, like old plants that have kind of just gotten like cobwebbed on. I don't yeah. even know how to describe yeah. it. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. That can come off with one of the ones that's not super professional because I'm not trying to like clean brick or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, and, or a patio where you want the cement to look clean. That right. might need a higher. Yeah. Like I feel like you like see a higher velocity as, as seen on TV commercials yeah. or something. For but those. you can yeah. purchase one for, I think a couple hundred bucks. That's okay. just kind of a basic, I think it just hooks up to your, hose. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really know a lot about it besides the fact that I've held one and directed it at a surface and squeezed the trigger before. 
Yeah. And it was kind of fun. And yeah. I think a lot of people, it's not that mysterious. Like a lot of people right. do it or you can hire a company to come do it. If, yeah. If you, if you're more comfortable with them being, deciding how forcefully <laughs> to, you know, go yes. after certain areas, then might be worth doing. Yeah. I feel a little sheepish that I don't know how to clean the exterior of a house, but I'm thinking back to the other houses I've lived in. There's been a lot of stucco or stucco yeah. and stone. I haven't had a lot of siding or wood like this in, in this way that gets the dirty in the way that this house is. So yeah. um, I also noticed yesterday I was voxing you. I was walking around my backyard around the Spanish lavender and I noticed that we have weeds growing from our gutters and it felt so like uh, that only happens because we've had a ton of rain and then the dirt and yeah. like, you don't, we don't have to clean our gutters. Usually we just don't have enough weather that pulls leaves and gunk down. And so I, I was like, Oh my gosh, we're legit. We got to clean our gutters like real people. So, um, that needs to happen. Cause there, it was a full like dandelion, like two feet tall. It was in a part of the house that you don't see all that much. And I thought it was so funny. So got to do that too. Okay. Well, we have our work cut out for us and our, um, Thanks a lot, fun, Sarah. our fun cut out for us, <laughs> our enjoyment cut out for us. Um, this spring, this was really fun. Uh, I wanted to, again, suggest that everybody go listen to do this now, enjoy summer later, which you'll find in the last two Tuesdays in your podcast feed. And then coming up on Tuesday, we're just kind of continuing along this line. We're going to have house rules for tidying up. And if you're not familiar our house rules series is where our people from our community, moms from our community, tell us the shorthand and the rules that uh, keep their family running smoothly in a certain category. And tidying up is a big one. So this will be more tips for how to get your kids to help tidy up um, and how to have systems in your house that, yeah, that promote the tidy. So that will also fit right in with spring cleaning and all things spring. So Megan, we will talk to everybody on Tuesday. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to The Mom Hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at themomhour.com. And hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes, plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage. And if you like today's episode, we'd love it if you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life. You can also find us on Instagram at The Mom Hour, chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes. Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction. And Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Hey everyone, Sarah here. Megan and I would absolutely love it if you hit pause right now, right where you're listening, and left the Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, that's one of the absolute biggest ways you can thank us. And it really takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, just navigate to the Mom Hour's show listing. So not the episode you're listening to right now, but the kind of landing area for our show as a whole. And then scroll down to leave a rating or review. Thank you so much.